McNulty standing for anyone to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to PO4 Cards, episode 104. Kenny Jacket has been sacked. He's left his position as first team manager from Portsmouth. Finally, about time. Let's get into it. Who is going to replace Kenny Jacket, and what are your feelings? But first, this is a pretty the moment. Come on, Pompey fans, you see Oh, this is completely unprofessional, but I don't care. I'll just write. <laughs> right, let's have enough of that. We, we right, boys, what, that like, whatever you want to put your name to, that's fine. I've got no hope of ever having a professional career in journalism, so I've got my <laughs> career sorted. I can say whatever the hell I want, but, you know, good luck to you both. <laughs> don't you worry, mate. I'm also not interested in a career in <laughs> Yeah, right. So, uh, so good, good <laughs> so, 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 so it's only me that's just completely and utterly ruined himself. Complete self-sabotage, Freddie. And just for the record, that was from Freddie's phone on Freddie's end of the Zoom call. It, so, it was... Uh, it, 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 there's speculation about whose phone it was from, okay? We, we, I, I don't know if there is, Freddie. Like, so yeah, who's, there, to there say? who's to say? Anyway, boys, let's get into it. Kenny Jacket has left his position. He's been sacked by the board after that abysmal display against Salford. Not good enough, as we know. One win in seven. Out of the playoff positions. And the board thought, finally, it's time to take some action. Now, we've been sat here all afternoon. It's Mother's Day. Mothers understand, we need to record a podcast, Pompey come first. So we've been cracking on the gins, we've hit the beers, and we're here now to bring you an amazing podcast to explain where Pompey should go from now. You guys have been flooding in the messages, as always. Thank you so much, everybody. They're in the hundreds. I don't know how sober we can be to go through every single one of them, but we'll try and get to them as much as possible. Freddie, first of all, I'm going to you. What is your take on Kenny Jacket leaving his position at Portsmouth? Right. First of all, FYI, it's you two that are on the gins, so I'm perfect. I'm perfectly sober, which is which is, makes this even a bit weird. That but, is an outrageous <laughs> accusation, Freddie. Getting straight out of the speculation. Game. <laughs> that is pure um, speculation and completely unevidenced. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Who's who's to say, Freddie? Sober. Go on, Fred. I- exactly. So, um, there have been there have been good times on the Kenny Jacket. I will say that there were periods where Ports have looked to have everything together. The football at certain times was good. I will stand by that. At certain times is the main quotation marks around that. But it's collapsed. And I think the feeling that that makes the sacking seem different and why I support it at this time was that during that Salford game, I was apathetic, to be honest. That first half was that bad. And the form for the past month has been that bad. 
that uh, it's not it, it, it wasn't anger it wasn't frustration it wasn't even sadness about how the team was playing it was apathy I was not bothered I preferred I even thought about when Portsmouth were in League One for that time where we lost like 22 games in a row or something stupid I didn't win a game in 22 games where we were nearly going bust and I didn't feel like that then so it was a lot different and I I think it's fair to say that at times Kenny Jackie did a good job. There are some things he did really well, some signings that came in that were good. But it's time to have a change, isn't it? Yeah, it's time to have a change. It's been time to have a change for a while, as we know. However, I'm actually pretty happy that the board made this decision because I didn't see it coming, if I'm honest. I was wedded... I was wedded to the point that I thought Jackie was going to be here to the end of the season, come what may, and then they'd make a decision afterwards. They've made the decision now, pump you out of playoff spot, out of the Tim Pot trophy. And let's be honest, right here, yeah? this is the time where we need to see them come in and make a sensible, educated decision now on who comes next. Because I had the instant jubilation of finding out that Kenny Jackett was gone as manager. Nothing against Kenny. He's a person. I'm sure he's a really lovely bloke. In fact, I spoke to him once um, at the ground and thought he's a top bloke. I don't think we've ever been at a point where we've criticised him as a human being, obviously. It's a bit weird how, how we have this good feeling about a person losing his job, but still, it, it, it's football, isn't it? I think. It's not about the person. It's about the actual footballing. So what I want to see now is Pompey make a good choice here in a manager. We're going to go through the different options. We'll look at who the bookies are looking at. We'll look at who you're talking about. And we'll make our assessment on who we think. But yeah, it's about tactics. It's about style of play. It's about man management. It's about, do these players actually play for a manager? I want someone to come in with charisma. Someone to excite this fan base. Someone to get everyone ready and proud to be Pompey fans again. Let's hear it, Pompey fans. And let's get someone in to lead the troops, lead this city back to the championship. Right. Let's get into what you said in a second. But first of all, let's look at what the bookies are saying. It's been up and down all day today. There's no set. There's no set play. But one person who I'm a little bit concerned about, who the news have been talking about, Jordan Cross broke a news saying that Neil Harris was the front runner for the job. Ex Millwall Neil Harris, if anyone doesn't know who that is. I'm a bit concerned about this, Andy. Neil Harris is a route one hoofball manager. And don't get me wrong, if he comes in, we'll, we'll stick our weight behind him and see how he does. But Neil Harris, Andy, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, it kind of seems like almost a like for like if Neil Harris is the one that um, you know gets the nod. And obviously we're very early days here. We're sort of four and a half hours, you know, yeah, four and a half hours on from the decision to, to release Kenny Jacket uh, slightly early. But it does seem like a bit of a like for like replacement. And... I think it's not what a lot of Pompey fans had in mind. And as you say, if if he gets the nod, every Pompey fan will 100% sort of stand in line and, and sort of back him in his new position because I think it was fairly unanimous at this point that a, a change was needed. And as you say, it's it's a surprise, but I think a slightly positive surprise as much as you don't want to be positively surprised by someone losing their job. I think it is a slightly positive surprise that this decision has been made. But yeah, Neil Harris is is that sort of manager where is it going to make a huge amount of difference in terms of style of play and in terms of how we've spoken about wanting to play that sort of on the ground, 
you know, quick attacking football that we do actually have the players to utilise, whether or not that is the approach he would want to adopt early on or whether he'd go along that sort of more functional, let's sort of go, you know, 4-2-3-1 direct ball that we have talked to death on this podcast multiple times. So wouldn't be my first choice. But as you say, he's one of a couple of names where the odds have shortened a bit over the last few hours. But this is obviously very visceral. And by the time this pod has been out for 12 hours, the goalposts will have moved slightly. But all we can do at the moment is chat about the information we have. Yeah, we should probably premise the uh, podcast with that, that, you know, we're recording it today at the moment at 10 to 5 on Sunday afternoon. Don't at us if you listen to this on Tuesday and it's all changed because that's the nature <laughs> of football, especially with management opportunities. I did read in the story actually by Jordan Cross that Joe Gallen is expected to take over the squad duties on Tuesday, which I found a little bit shocking, to be honest. I sort of thought, no offence, Joe, that you'd be out with Kenny Jacket as, you know, as mates, as, as pals, as one and twos. I, I sort of thought Joe might move on in the same in the same ilk. Well, they didn't announce a caretaker appointment. The one thing that came to mind then was they're going to move fast and appoint a manager. And whilst the club still on Twitter have not come out and said, Freddie Webb will be taking over in the interim, for instance, um, that sort of meant to me that they're actually coming on and they have a very good idea on who they're going to appoint already. Let's go through the list of people here. So far from the bookies, at Sky Bet, Downey Cowley, 2-1, to one. Neil Harris, 7-2, to two. Sean O'Driscoll, 5-1. to one. Daniel Stendel was 18 to 1 when I put a bet on him an hour ago. He's now 6 to 1. Lee Boyer, 8 to 1. Chris Coleman, 12 to 1. Sol Campbell, you know, maybe you can pay off some of those image rights, 12 to 1. Chris Wilder, 14 to 1. Very, very unlikely. Gary O'Neill, 16 to 1. Friend of the show, Gary O'Neill, I should say. Go on, Gary. And Ryan Lowe at 16 to 1. Freddie, is there anyone in particular? that you've seen, who you say, Pompey, go out now, sign the man, get him get him as the new manager of Portsmouth. Before I go into it, there are a couple of things. It depends on the approach of the board. Do they want to wait until the summer, where there are potentially more candidates, better candidates, and just have a short-term manager in until the end of the season? Or do they want the new manager bounce now to try and get Portsmouth to, to secure that playoff spot? It's going to be very interesting I'll add a tiny bit more balance on the Neil Harris stuff. Um, I watched a lot of his Millwall side when they were in the championship. They did utilise a high press, which was very good. But as you said, it was very direct style of football. Um, There were a couple of other things that I didn't like as well. I watched them in their... I can't remember which season it was, but they had a a deep run in the FA Cup. And they were doing stuff like when they went 1-0 up, they were time-wasting in the 50th minute, 1-0 up against somebody... That that sort of tactics that does leave a sour taste in my mouth, and you know they, the, that Millwall side had a lot of top quality players, but it did feel like at times though it, it was that was all they used. All the play went through Jed Wallace, as you would expect, and that was it. So I, I, I'm not. It's close to a like for like replacement. There are some benefits for Neil Harris coming in. He's certainly animated on the touchline, and very passionate guy. Will try and get the best out of his players. But it isn't for me, personally. I would prefer some other changes. Out of that list, unemployed managers, I've wanted Daniel Stendhal to be the manager of Portsmouth for a long time. I mentioned it potentially at the end of the second season of Kenny Jacket and definitely after the third season, uh, after the the, um, 
the second playoff defeat in the semi-finals. Uh, he man- he managed Hearts. That was that was his last job. But I watched a documentary actually about Hearts. I think it's called Inside Story. It's a BBC doc. Doc, if you want to look at that. And Hearts seemed like a basket case. And the season ended early. Daniel Stendhal got got them a few good results. There were four points off of safety. So even though people are looking at it going, oh, it was a bust and so on, Hearts were not the right job to come into because he was trying to change the entire philosophy when he came in mid-season. At Barnsley, however, which is where we best know him, they played extremely attractive football, high-pressing attacking football with a solid defensive foundation. They were one of the best teams in the league when they got promoted and they've continued that philosophy ever since on a low budget as well. That's a that, that's a blueprint to copy, isn't it? If Portsmouth want to try and get this side promoted and to settle themselves in the championship, which is the expectation that we all have. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll jump in there, Fred, and support you on definitely what you said about Neil Harris. Though I think you and I are getting a bit of a reputation for disagreeing with each other on the pod, <laughs> so I I'm very keen to you know nip that in the bud. Um, in terms of Neil Harris, you said in terms of sort of the quick manager bounce and how he gets a reaction from players. And that has been shown at Millwall. So when he first took over at Millwall, they had that that instant bounce. It was the season they Same were relegated. as well. Yeah. Car- yeah okay. uh, Cardiff, they, it, it, it petered off very quickly, I'll say. But at the start... Yeah, but at the, at the same reasonable. time, you're, yeah, you're looking at the first few games and, again, people's responses to this is going to be, okay, but we don't want someone in on a eight or 12 or 15 game contract, which is perfectly justified. But in terms of that new manager bounce, it was dem- you know, it was demonstrated at, at Millwall that he came in when they were basically already relegated from the championship down into League One. And he almost escaped relegation in a season where they had basically no right to. But as you say, it's, it's not the name that I would support for the new position. But if you're looking extremely short term, then... Yeah, he's 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 proven on multiple occasions that he has that that effect in terms of the first few games in a new position. He gets a response from the players, which part of me thinks is what's really needed here because I mean this isn't our official review of the Salford game, but there was no response from the players, and you know we could we could spend a whole hour talking about that. To narrow it all the way down, it wasn't a team performance. Certain yeah. individual players did well, but as a team, it was dreadful. Yeah, they didn't look like they were playing for the manager, right? So I think what, what Pompey needed is, yes, we're looking at bringing in a manager who's going to play the right style of football, this, that and the other. And we're going to talk that over, I'm sure, in the next half an hour or so. But it is also important that the right type of personality comes in because we've had two polar opposites in our last two managers. Paul Cook and Kenny Jackett are the two complete ends of every spectrum you could think of. And I think what the club and the fan base needs at the moment is someone with a bit more real life interaction with the fans and someone who doesn't come out with, you know, that we need to work harder, which is what has been said in a lot of press conferences. And I'm going to come out and say, that doesn't mean anything. We need, If I say to my line manager at work, oh yeah, I need to work harder on this. That doesn't mean anything if I don't go away and put the legwork in and then show results as a result of it. So Works I think yeah, we need someone harder. with yeah we need to work we need to bring in someone who rather than just saying the cliches and saying you know we need to work hard on this and not being four 0 down at half time which is a, a literal quote comes across a bit more with sort of that sort of the visceral reaction as to what's happening on the pitch which 
maybe to Paul Cook's extent, maybe he was too far the other way. You could certainly make that argument. But at least you could see there was like fire in the belly, which is what we're all craving at the moment, I think, because we've been so far the other way for a certain amount of time. Okay, let's go to people. Jack Chapman says, I'm shocked after they backed him last week, but I'm very relieved. Let's rescue the season before it's too late. Come on, Jack. We've got enough time. 13 games. Let's get this going. Let's push for promotion. Will messages in. I'll be happy as long as we don't bring in someone like Neil Harris, who plays a similar style of football. That's what ultimately disillusioned a lot of fans. It's fair to say, boys, isn't it, really, that disillusioned a lot of fans, the style of football is important. We need someone who's going to really rally the fans behind the club. That's exactly it, mate. I think in terms of how the team line up and our reaction to other teams, we've said it again multiple multiple times, is how we seem to be lining up in a reactionary way, in the way to negate or nullify oppositions, rather than trying to put our stamp on the game ourselves and be dominant and put the front foot forward. It's all about nullifying the opposition strength rather than demonstrating our own and after a while as as a player if you look at our sort of attacking front foot well midfield and attacking players that is just not the attitude that you'd think they want to be hearing because look look at the personalities we've got on the pitch there and the sort of the flair and danger they've got going forward if they're being lined up to yet nullify the opposition it's it's against everything they they seem to believe in in terms of what their natural game is have some confidence, put a stamp on the game and removing that fear to lose. If you lose a game in League One, it is what it is. Like there are some games, you know, it's it's not a, a league where you've got a massive disparity between the top and the bottom. It's a league where the teams at the top can lose to the teams at the bottom. And that is demonstrated this year by the fact that no one's running away with it. If Portsmouth had a worse squad, it would be a different matter entirely. But as Andy said, with the, with the players we have, and obviously those of fans have had their opinions on the players, on paper, this side is a promotion side. At the beginning of the last two seasons, they have been. So the fact that the fact that it's very it's a very reactionary, tactical focus, with an emphasis on defending. Even though our best defenders have left, left a sour taste in the mouth for me for a while. I think. Sorry, do you mind me jumping in? No. I think um, in terms of in terms of as you say the the way the players are coming across at the moment, Fred is that that Jack Watmore interview after the, the the final the other day, for me, the wording he used said a lot, absolutely, but the visual photos that went alongside it told more than any words he could say. You he could see was the, furious. He yeah, and, and even McGillivray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even after the game, McGillivray is just... Imagine having sort of the not the game of your life because, you know, he'll have even better games than that because he's an excellent goalkeeper. But imagine having a game at that level and just not being able to rely on the 10 in front of you. That anger and the frustration that is there is 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 speaking more than any interview can. And we called that the what more interview out a little bit. And again, not in a, a negative way towards him personally, because of course he's going to come out and give that sort of interview because it would be unprofessional of him not to. But we called it out at the time to say, look, what what is being said in interviews doesn't actually represent what's happening behind the scenes here. And that, that was clear in body language, especially after the final. You could see in his eyes that there's a lot going on that he couldn't even put into words. Yeah, absolutely. I think the players are trying to toe the party line a little bit. You know, 
this siege mentality, this everything's fine, this sort of... to try and be professional. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're just just trying to brush it under the carpet, you know, hopefully it can change around and this is all going to go away. That's what the board were hoping for as well. That's the message they're trying to put out. It hasn't happened, but it's turned around. Let's go. Let's move on. Michael White's message is in and he says, best of both, critical time for Pompey, have all the talent and need someone who can hone the talent and build for the championship. Wouldn't mind Russell Martin or Derek Adams. Work. God no, fuck. What's that? Oh, Jesus. Oh, that last choice. Ooh. I did not I do not want Ooh. to get us promoted to go back down again. Build something long term. Look, if Derek Adams becomes the next Portsmouth manager, then I'm gonna be spending a lot of time at Bognor Regis, I'll be honest, right? Yeah, because like. Derek Adams is first of all the most anti-Portsmouth manager out there in the football league. Second of all, he's 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 down there at Morecambe getting ex-players running at him to shout in his face after scoring. This is not the first time that's happened to him. That's exactly it, Hugh. Yeah, it's Eric not the Adams first time. Is not going to be the manager. Of I mean, if he, if, he thought, if he thought Lee Bowyer was outspoken and a bit divisive, oh, like, genuinely, no. the thing the thing that's needed at the moment is someone to bring the dressing room together. That is the biggest issue we've got. If we've got seemingly either either fractions within the dressing room or the dressing room versus the management. And whichever way it is, obviously it's not ideal. And we, we aren't in a position as fans doing a podcast to know exactly which which of those it is, but obviously things aren't right. And as you've just said, Hugh, you've got this weekend just gone, a player for Newport County celebrating a goal by running half the length of the pitch and screaming in his face because he was like isolated and left out to dry at a previous club. And it, as you say, it's not the first time it has happened. I mean, I've just literally and 10 also, minutes ago. a club ago, that Ellison was ago. there for for years as well. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just, it, it is not, for, for me, I know a few people have said the name and I'm sure he's a, a good manager in his own right, but I do not think he is what Pompey need at the moment to bring the dressing room together, which for me is the, the, the primary aim. Would have rather kept Jacket than Derek Adams, let's say that. Jake Myers messages in. He says, yes, very happy. It's been a long time coming. Only worrying aspect is who comes in to replace him. The name's currently being banded about. Don't instill a great deal of confidence. Harris, Coleman, Cowleys. Let's, let's, have a quick, let's, let's go through this, right? Yeah. Cowleys. Um, let's be no one sec, Freddie. Let's, talk, let's have a think about the Cowleys in this sense, because at the moment, Skybet are leading them. Just to caveat this, people like know where we are. The, you know, the Cowleys are leading the, the line for the, on the betting front. The bookies' favourite is what I should have said in the first place. I do not want the Cowleys here. Yes, they've had success at Lincoln. You know, some people think the man management skills are good. Huddersfield fans really didn't like them. They said the style of football was awful, bad to watch. Lincoln, even when when doing well, were criticised for their style of football in League Two to get promoted. If we want Jacket out and the fan base needs to be united behind something that isn't Jacket ball, the Cowleys can't be the answer, can they, Andy? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I saw one one person who wrote in earlier, Nicola Trelease, said, I don't understand why so many calling for Cowley or Harris. Why rejoice at getting rid of a manager who plays boring, archaic football and then replaced with the same? And that's puts into sort of more complicated words exactly what my sentiment is in that it's that like for like. And yeah, the Cowley brothers have had results and this isn't, again, disparaging them in any way as managers. But if the the the, the reasoning or the rationale behind this decision is to kind of change the style of football being played or to change the direction of the club, 
then I don't feel like that would be a sensible decision. Absolutely not. I'd prefer well, Neil I'd... Harris and the Cowley brothers if I had to choose between the two. But for me, the Cowley brothers didn't get Lincoln promoted. It took Appleton a few seasons to turn them around. I watched Huddersfield when they when they were managing them, and they were appalling. Not not even close. They were they were, un, they were lucky not to be relegated, to be honest. And I know a lot of uh, football commentators do like them. I don't see it personally. Thing about the Cowleys is really, and I would say the one thing is which I'd appreciate. Let's just throw throw it around the other way. They're pretty good at speaking to the fans. They're good at coming on fan podcasts. <laughs> not too bad for us people <laughs> and you guys listening but apart from that i think that it's not the style of football we want is it after so many years of watching jacket we need someone to come in with a different style a different approach and let's get that going but we'll have to wait and see if they come in once we give them some chance jacket's jacket uh, messages in obviously happy with the closing date with closing date for academy boss shutting tomorrow and the hunt for the new first team boss could make a real statement for the intent of the future direction and the long-term vision of the club optimism surging back would rather wait until the summer and get the right man uh, than rush now i think that's a fair point about getting the right person in rather than rushing now however if you need to do that we need to be looking at someone like a next player, a smaller time manager, promoting an, an academy boss for 10 games. I don't believe, Andy, because I can see you disagreeing with what I'm saying, but I don't think that some of these middle line managers you've got that we've read out are going to come in and go, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll do that for a few months and then see what happens at the end of the summer if I get the job. There's going to be a right trade-off here between, do you give one of these managers a two-year minimum sort of contract or do you give someone a short-term contract and then look properly in the summer. Yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult balancing act. And I, I, I know that my facial expression would have just made you think that I completely disagree with you on that one. I'm, I'm very torn here because, as you say, how bad... It, it depends whether you write off the season, right? And say, right, worst case scenario, we finish mid-table. Best case scenario, you take a punt and, you know, potentially end up in the, the high end of the playoffs. Realistically, I mean, some of the names that are getting thrown around these ex-players, what, you're going to give them a, a three-month contract or a two-month contract? Names like, you know, Gary O'Neill, who, don't get me wrong, I would really like to see involved in the football club. As far as I know, friend, he's just... Friend of the show, Gary O'Neill, sorry. Yeah. Friend of the show, Gary O'Neill, sorry, yeah. I, how could I forget our, our chat with him in lockdown fairly recently? I... as. as as far as I know, he's in a relatively new position. Is it Bournemouth? He's got yeah, he's coaching Bournemouth. It? Yeah, first team yeah, coach in Bournemouth. Well. And that's a, he's not going to come down here for thirteen games and to take a part as being a first team manager for thirteen games. It would be, you know, not career suicide, but career really, really high risk with relatively low rewards. I'd be beyond surprised. So, yeah, I do think names like that are potentially out of the question if you think about it from a sort of a career perspective, from their perspective. But yeah, it comes down to whether you give it to sort of a, you know, Gallon, who again, like you, I'm, I'm surprised has stayed at the club rather than leaving with Kenny. And that's not a positive or a negative thing. I'm just surprised. Or whether you go with one of the names we're speaking about and saying, look, you've got these 12, 13 games as kind of a, a tryout as a sort of, 
try your system, see which players fit into your system, and then the summer is yours to do as what you want. And there are massively arguments for both sides. Uh, for me, Stendhal is the standout for me. Um, as we'll speak about shortly, I'm, I've got no doubt whatsoever. But do, do we just sort of buy time and get through to the end of the season and, and aim for sixth or fifth with kind of this stop-gap attitude? Or do we go, right, next season is our f- primary focus. Bring in someone at the end of the season with no pressure, no expectations, do what you want. If it goes wrong, no one is calling for your head. And then you've got summer to to make things your own. I mean, yeah, there's arguments for both. I'd potentially go with uh, bringing in someone in a longer term deal, so because then it makes it easier within. In, oh, I see. I can see you disagree with that straight away, Hugh, from your facial expression. Um, for me, it's bringing in someone on, on a longer term deal, so they can see how they work with the players we've got, and then they can make informed decisions on the contract negotiations that we've got expiring over summer. But I can see that you disagree, so. Please jump in. I'm going to say six words. It depends who you can get. That is that is it. That's it for me. I don't care if it's a they get a long-term deal done now with the right manager or they take a stopgap to the end of the summer because they can't get a manager who they think is good enough. They can get Stendhal signed now. Ryan Lowe, Russell Martin. They can go out and get a quality manager who plays quality football and I'll be pleasantly surprised if that happens. I'm really happy. Then go out, sign him, give him a contract, give him three years for a, for a great quality passing manager who will really come in and shake things up and give their stamp their identity on the team. Give him the summer to bring in the right players. Speak to players now. Say, look, I, I'm a different manager now. I've got Kenny Jacket, Craig McGivery, Jack Watmore, Tom Naylor. You're the foundations of my team. This is my vision going forward. I'm really up for that, Andy. I'm not against giving someone the right amount of, you know, contract deal or whatever. What I'm not up for now is panicking and giving the wrong person contract, a, a good contract. Freddie? Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm completely on the same page with you as that. I'm just saying if my my preference, if you stick me in the polar opposite, and normally I sit in the middle and sit on the fence. So for me, this is a, a big gin-induced decision, I'm, you know, actually taking a stand. But I think if, if my you know if my my neck's on the line, I'd I'd rather have someone coming in long term and then having the end of the season and the off season to to make informed decisions. But yeah, as you say, if if the right person isn't available until June, then genuinely, what's the worst that can happen between now and the end of the season? And I don't want to be completely negative, but like the direction that the club was heading in until eleven. 35 this morning or whatever it was the direction the club is heading in was to be lower like lower top half mid-table club so yeah the worst the worst that can happen is we end up mid-table so yeah take a punt for me take a punt if you can get the right manager yeah Lewis um, Pete messages in he says I think Chris Coleman would be a fantastic appointment experience at the very top level and had an impossible job with Sunderland Freddie Ooh, I don't know a lot about Chris Coleman, to be honest with you. Um, his biggest success came with Wales. Um, managed to get that Wales side playing exceptionally well, even though I, it was, <laughs> even though it was just, even though really international management and club management are entirely different. I wouldn't stick my neck out there for Chris Coleman, but if he is the manager, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be completely angry with it either. Um, and to go on the previous point about short-term or long-term, 
as you guys have said, it, de- it entirely depends on who they get. If if the board don't see a long term solution for managers now, then give it to Joe Gallen or Sean O'Driscoll till the end of the season, see where they go. Um, because really a lot of fans have written off the season in their heads anyway for promotion, so really anything now is a bonus. And then try and get the right manager in in the summer. Maybe there's some. Maybe more managers lose their jobs and are unemployed, so you don't have to pay compensation. That would be, that's something also to consider. And I think there will be more. Can, be, there will be better candidates in the summer than now. So, I think that's what I would go with. If you if the board aren't happy with any of the available names now, don't don't give them a contract. You're not willing to support them with. Absolutely. And uh, just, I think, congratulations there, Freddie, for getting through that whilst Andy changed into his Wales shirt for Chris Coleman, big up day. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that was the gin talking about. I love that, Andy. All right. Chris Coleman, yeah, again, I mean, Sunderland fans really don't rate him. But then again, you know, Sunderland's been a bit of a death trap as far as managerial appointments go, tumbling down the league. So, Andy... You you can't judge someone on how things went in Sunderland during that. Topsy turvy. One, one second. Here's our Wales correspondent, Andy Mitchamore. Good one. Yeah. Um, and Hugh wasn't lying. I've just, yeah. Uh, good, good work by Freddie to maintain his composure while I was topless changing into a, a Wales shirt in front of him. Um, <laughs> I don't think you could judge anyone based on how they acted at that time at Sunderland in the same way. I don't think you can judge, you know, any of our managers when we were being relegated. I, I, I don't trust, I don't, um, doubt Daniel Stendhal's ability even though he technically got relegated with hearts yeah exactly and I'd say the same for Coleman struggling at Sunderland if if um, Sunderland till I die has taught me anything it's that that is a period of time you cannot judge a manager purely based on the results the guy I mean I personally I don't think we've got a chance in hell of him becoming our manager that doesn't mean that I would absolutely love it to happen it would be fantastic for the club as far as I'm concerned and as demonstrated by the the whale shirt but I mean, I've met him. He comes from. Sorry, met him. I've met him. Yeah, yeah. He lives. He, he actually used to live. I don't know if he still lives. But he lives fairly locally to me, and I've met him in a pub after the Fulham um, thing that happened. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've met him. He's, he's a genuinely nice bloke. He's he's a local guy. Yeah, I used to see him in Winchester quite a lot when I lived in Winchester. He was yeah around around the city centre quite a lot, and so yeah, he's local to the club. <laughs> whether or not that means that he well, wants to actually... in Winchester, but that's not the point. The point is going forward. Really, is here. Obviously, Chris Coleman. Would be an interesting choice, Andy. And I know you'll throw your Wales support behind him. That was my best try. That was my best try at saying well. Yes, that's, I'm not going to call. <laughs> okay, let's just move on from Chris Coleman. I think he'd be an interesting choice. As Freddie said, I'm not sold or against the man. I think that it'll be interesting to see him come in. I would much prefer him to Neil Harris or the Cowleys. That's where I stand on Chris Coleman. Pompey has some messages in. He says, yes, very happy indeed. What's most important is getting the right replacement. I'm a little worried about Neil Harris. Me too, Hazza. Being a favourite at the moment. But if he is brought in, I'll back him until he gives me a good enough reason not to. Completely agree. We've got to stick by our stick by the manager if he comes in. Andy Mitchell. Yeah, I was just going to say that Neil Allen's just put out that Pompey have already sounded out Daniel Stendel for the rest of the season, but he wants a longer contract than the temporary one being offered. This is the issue with us. Hang, um, on, hang on, the Ports have only offered him a temporary deal. Yeah, it according sounds like they offered that. him something temporary as a as a present contract. This is a problem no, with recording no, no, no. a podcast while things are evolving. No, this is the is good reason by the end of it. Recording. This is why we're recording. It's just it's exciting as it happens to you. That's the thing. But give the man a three year deal now. Sign him up. 
Come on. I think two yeah, two year deal. I I have no issue with the two year deal at this point. Two year plus the end of this season. That would be my preference by a country mile, because realistically, as hard as it is for me to say, I don't think Coleman's a, a realistic Chris Coleman isn't a realistic aim. Pompey have already sounded out ex-Barnsley boss Daniel Stendhal for the vacant managerial job. Right. Come on, Pompey. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, boys? That'd be nice. Let's get a good manager in who we have been calling on this podcast. Going to put that out there for years now. Since we played against Barnsley in this league and we said, wish you had a manager, you played nice football. Freddie, we could have a pressing 4-3-3 with with three of our central midfield players who actually press forward. I mean... You got you got to love the idea of that, haven't you? And the Barnsley fans loved him when he when Stendhal was there. Obviously, they've gone on to success in the championship without him. But do you remember all the vitriol when Stendhal was sacked? The Barnsley fans were furious at that. They were absolutely furious with it, with the board there. And I think I think he might look at that job since he hasn't had a job since Hearts. He would look at that job and go. Yeah, that could potentially make it. That could potentially set me up in English football. Yeah, I think as as you said at the start there, Fred, the Hearts job is kind of you can kind of negate that from your considerations because yeah, as you said at the start of the podcast, that was a bit of a I can't remember what the phrase well, you put used this way. Was. Craig Levine, who was the previous manager, was still there in an upper management role, so you got to take that into account, and you got yeah. to take into account it was a mid-season appointment where Craig Levine. Um, promotes a different style of football to Stendhal. So Stendhal had six months or less than that to do what he did at Barnsley, which is quite let's call it Let's call it a mess so we don't get, you know, yeah, um, what's the word, censored by... It wasn't whatever. ideal. Let's call it a mess because that's, yeah, that's the polite terms of it. So I don't think you can really use that as evidence one way or the other. So based off based off his situation at Barnsley, I think you'd have to say that it'd be a, an excellent appointment for Pompey and essentially what we're looking at for this point uh, at this point in the club's development towards that getting back to where we belong mid-table championship club and his track record for that sort of thing is excellent so I don't really see an argument against that at this point Tony Little messages in he says how all Wilder but won't happen McGuinness or Coleman would be wonderful not Cowley got to agree with you Tony I do not believe Wilder or how are going to come in and you know, if Chris Wilder comes in and I'm proven wrong, you know, be I'll, nice. put my, I'll put my hands up and go there, you know, oh, it's wrong. Should have had more faith in the club, all that malarkey. I don't see that happening. So I'm happy to put my, my Hugh Bunce flag onto that, onto that and raise it up. But yeah, Wilder, good idea. But can we stop messaging about it? It's not going to happen. Reese uh, Drebin messaging. He says, a point is as new Pompey manager is Danny Cowley or Neil Harris. There is support behind Danny Cowley. Pedro Thugs messages in Danny Cowley. I mean, why? I want to know some reason why. I actually don't think some people have actually seen Danny Cowley's teams play. They hear about him. I think it's his prominence on Sky Sports a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's literally, they they know him. He's one of those managers, a bit high profile for lower leagues. And they're like, all right, get him in. He looks like a bloke who can do a job. No, let's not have Danny Cowley, please. Peter Benfield messages in Lampard. Laugh if you want, but if the board are serious about building something, why not, Shrug? I hope you're joking there, Peter, mate, because let's be honest. If we're talking about Chris Wilder not coming in, Frank Lampard's not going to do that either, is he? What? Oh, Chelsea. Yeah, it didn't quite work out for me there after doing really well in the championship. I know what I'll do. I'll go to Pompey and rebuild my career. Again, if I'm wrong, at me, but I can't see it happening at the moment. 
Jack Cummings messages in. He says David Wagner. Again, his recent job with Schalke went to bits. I'm not sure if you've... I, I don't watch the Bundesliga at all, but I have noticed that Schalke are in the absolute mire and he was one of the managers that came in to try and sort that out. So think of that what you will. Also, with Wagner, he's, he's never managed in the third tier, which is something to consider as well. I think there are better options again, personally. One option that I'm not sure if you guys would be interested in, he is at a job. What would you think if Lee Bowyer was offered it? He's not That's the worst. Personal. He's not the worst out of all, yeah. all the candidates. No, I'm going to say he's not the worst, right? I mean, but. his football is actually pretty good getting Charlton promoted. I thought they played a system that they was were very good in the first two seasons. I really liked them. I thought he did very well, even with them in the championship. I was happy with that. He loses a few players. They end up getting relegated. This season's been a bit of a mess at Charlton, though. It's difficult to know. Is he going to leave a team who are pretty... I think they're on the same points as us now, aren't they? If they played two more games or, or around us anyway. Haven't got the table up in front of me. Lee Boyer. I'd give him a shot if he came in. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. I would as well. Um, I could see I, I could see his personality being quite divisive for some people because I could imagine he's very direct with the players. Uh, if you remember that interview, I can't remember which Charlton game it was, but they were on TV and they lost. I think it was to Accrington. And then he said afterwards that any player who doesn't go, for, who backs out of a tackle will never play for me ever again. And then if you remember, Marcus Madison was loaned out to Bolton thereafter. So that might not work with certain players, which is again something to think about. Yeah, I think Fred, like, it, it kind of in, in conjunction with what you said there, the, the moment what Pompey needed is someone to bring the club together. And to me, he just isn't that, purely based on his personality traits and track record. Is everything we said last week on the podcast about how people are feeling distanced from the club and cut off from the club and how people who are feeling isolated because of you know, quarantining and COVID-19 are feeling cut off from the club. And do you bring in someone that controversial to try and bring a group of people together? I think and his style of football is really good and that might offset yeah. certain things. I would, I would rather is have Lee Bowie than some of the other names you've mentioned. Take it over some of the others. I'll take him over people like Neil Harris. But is is the style of football everything at this point? You've got to look at the bigger picture, I think, in terms of the the overall like socio-cultural whatever view that you're looking at the club in at the moment. I, I just think that the relationship between the club and the fans and between the fans and the club is at a point where you need someone who's going to unite people. And for me, someone controversial like Lee Bowyer it isn't the right time. And I'm not saying he's a bad manager because he's got a track record of decent results, but I don't think it's the right time in sort of the national cultural climate and in terms of Pompey as a club, I don't think it's the right time for, for us to bring in someone that divisive when we need to be doing the opposite right now. Greg Davis messages in. He says, definitely not Paul Lambert. Why did you even bring his name up, Greg? It's not happening. <laughs> he wants to sell you um, got a job anyway. It's fine. He's not I would happening. rather jump out of a front of a first floor window than have Paul Lambert come in. Jesus. Can <laughs> Ashley, you imagine? Oh, mate, I'm, I'm honest. Paul Lambert comes in, four-year contract. All of Pompey just cry and just cancel any potential hopes of getting a season ticket in. That's it. We're out. Um, Ashley messages in. Russell Martin. 
shout out to our friends at the MK1 podcast who are really excited at the prospect of losing him to, to us. Only joking, lads. But yeah, Russell Martin, he's a manager who plays football the right way, plays expansively, young manager, happy what he's done. I'd really like him. I'm guessing and MK1 would have to that. be... Compensated though, I'm guessing they'd have to be compensated quite heavily to take him from them. They don't want to lose him. And two weeks ago, as our friends at the MK1 podcast pointed out, he came out and said that it's a rubbish speculation with him going elsewhere. However, I'm pretty sure Paul Cook said he was going to stay at Portsmouth and everyone should resign. And then he jogged on to Wigan. So I know, mate, Liverpool. If Liverpool came in, he was going to go. So, you know, you can't blame him for going to Wigan. It's essentially the same level of club, right? Well, let's be honest. He's actually come out and said that wasn't the case at all anyway. He just didn't get on with the board and everything that was going on. So uh, apparently it was nothing to do with him moving uh, moving to the Northwest. It was just he didn't like the vision that was offered to him at Portsmouth. So make the, make what you think of that, whatever you want to say. <laughs> Sam Wilmore messages in. He says, depends how much ambition we've got. Howell Wilder, that'd be great, but would like to see someone who knows the club and understands the pressures from the fans. Maybe a Matt Taylor-Campbell. I know they're unproven, but give them to the end of the season with an extension if it works well. I don't want Sol Campbell to come in as manager. I'm going to say that right now. No, thank you very much. Sorry about that, Sam. However, been chatting to a few of the players. Jamie O'Hara, for his, his, uh, his hat in the ring, didn't he, on Twitter? Would love to be involved. Direct quote. Cole Baker... What's he said? He just came out and said, let's get uh, me and Doily. Let's bring him in. I mean, he's only probably joking around, but I'm up for it. Come on, Cole. Get on the phone. This is the thing, right, Hugh? Like, in terms of players who have left the club still love the club, but they don't love where it went under jacket. And I think that's the... For me, I'm trying to pull the pieces apart a little bit here and try and separate how people feel about the club who have left. Separate that from how people feel about the management of the club since they've left. So as has been chucked around on social media, people like Gareth Evans and Ollie Hawkins liking, I can't believe social media has got to this point, but they're liking the fact on, on the post on, on Instagram that it's not the, the first time left. a Ponte player's done that, is it? Uh, no, but, it that, that, exactly. Exactly. Fred. Yeah. It's not, this is the, this is the point. It's not the first time in that players who have left the club have made little jibes or little 1% little niggles at, at, the fact that they're not that upset that maybe, yeah, in this case, Jacket has left the club. But um, yeah, I think there are, there are, as you say, Carl Baker, oh, you'd love to see him back at the club. I think going full in and being like, right, your first team coach for the rest of the season, that's like zero to a hundred pretty quick. But at the same time, as I've already said, what's the worst that can happen this season? Like, it would be nice to get someone who gets the club and who, like, I mean, with, the thing with Guy Whittingham, I'm very much not throwing him out there as the next Portsmouth manager, but the thing with Guy Whittingham, even on commentary, is that he gets the club and he gets the entire, the, the vibe and the, the feel. Ethos. And the e thank that is a much better word, Frederick. Thank you very much. He gets the ethos of the club and the community. And that is what we're looking for. And you can't argue that an ex-player wouldn't get that because someone like, yeah, Carl Baker or Michael Doyle, who you know, played their part in holding the team together at times, they get the club. That's what we need at the moment in the short term. So again, it goes back to that, what Hugh and I were talking about earlier, about whether or not you go, you know, short term, someone who gets the club till the end of the season, see what happens, you never know, flip a coin, or whether you go with bringing in someone more long term and then saying, okay, you've got the end of the season, see what way it goes, 
doesn't matter if it doesn't go the way we want. It is what it is. You've got the next two full years afterwards to make a difference kind of thing. I think that's one thing to focus on. If, for example, you bring in a long-term appointment, and I think the board will do this if they get a long-term appointment, the expectations next season are entirely different to what we had previous. It might take a season just to consolidate everything again. And that's fine. I'm perfectly happy with that as a fan because if in the long term, success is there and it's achievable. The problem was um, during especially, I think, the third season of Kenny Jackets football, maybe doubt it a lot more, was that the same problems were coming up over and over again uh, and they weren't being fixed. I hate to say I told you so, it it didn't work when all the fans thought it it wouldn't. Mike... And Mike Eatman messages in. He says, put Guy and Caretaker charge for the rest of the season. Then recruit diligently for longer term. Well, Mike, you seem to agree with Andy, who's put his uh, nailed his flag to that one as well. Paul Brown messages in. Herman and JMO. It won't be. I would love that. (laughs) But seriously, I think Stendhal will be a good appointment, in my honest opinion. Got to agree with you there, Paul. We've already gone about that, so we won't touch on that again, but agree. Woody messages in. I can see it being Coleman, which is just too safe. I've seen a few mentions of O'Neill. Would love to have an ex-player in the dugout, but I think it's a bit too soon for him. You know, Gary Roberts went to Ipswich with Paul Cook, experienced manager, and then you've got, you know, a former player alongside him. I think you actually probably have to go down that route, or probably not have to, but I think the team will probably go down that route. If we want to bring in an ex-player, it's probably going to have to be alongside another more experienced manager at the helm, I believe. Really, I think that's what's going to be most likely. Yeah, precisely. You have to get you have to give them an introduction to what it's like um, in a coaching role. Um, well, think about how how well Stephen Gerrard's done at Rangers. He was he was a youth team coach at Liverpool for for a long for a while before doing that. It's very rare that an ex player of any club jumps into a first team management job without any experience underneath <laughs> without experience underneath and does very well so yeah uh, as much as I would like to potentially see Gary, Gary O'Neill involved friend of the podcast Gary O'Neill Thank you. I think he's doing the right thing by having that first team coach role at Bournemouth and slowly progressing his career that way Let's go through the favourites now because Daniel Stendhal has now, in the time that we've been talking gone from 18-1 to one to 6-1 to one to 11-8 to favourite well, Hugh's very happy, isn't he? Bet. He's Gus already. Neil Harris at seven to two. Danny Cowley, we spoke about already. Lee Bowyer eight to one. We've discussed Lee Bowyer. Sean O'Driscoll eight to one as well. That's the easy appointment if you want to get someone in house to come in and do that. You you know use a Driscoll and then you go for the who can we get in the summer approach. I'm not going to write that one off. That's a that is a potential thing that could happen. Not my favourite option, but it's something that the club might look at doing. Coleman, we've done. Campbell, I'm not even going to talk about. Wilder, 14 to 1. Not happening. Again. Gary O'Neill, fine again. Ryan Lowe comes in, 16 to 1 to round off the top lot. Ryan Lowe from Plymouth, they would absolutely love that, wouldn't they? Oh, do you, can you just repeat that back to me? Does, are you saying that Chris Wilder is shorter odds than Ryan Lowe? Chris Wilder is 14 to 1. And the reason behind that, I'm guessing, is that he's got a vacant manager opposition. He's not actually managing a club at the moment. I'm guessing that's why the odds are that way Good around. grief. I mean, I'm, I would be thrilled to be showing up to being like a complete rookie idiot here, but really? 
Let's carry this on. Dean Holden, 20 to 1. No, that's not happening. We'll pass on that. Eddie Howe, that's not happening. Gary Monk, how the hell has he got onto this? I mean, are they, are they sort of odd? <laughs> Fre- Hang on, I did, I, I right, did see Freddie, that. You, hmm? you're, you're 25 to 1 at this point, Freddie, if we're throwing <laughs> odds around for some of these people. <laughs> Hugh, you've come in at 33 to 1. I'm at 45 to 1. Cause... I did see Harry Redlap at 25 to 1 at one point. Yeah, like, why do people like wasting money? Jeez. 20 to 1 now, Freddie. He's climbing the rankings. Oh, well, how has he gone up from 20 to 1? He, he, he's, off, he's off on EastEnders. He's not getting another managerial <laughs> job. To what? Dum, dum, dum. Announced as Portsmouth manager, Judas. Right, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, someone mentioned, I can't remember who it was, one of the listeners said that Nigel Atkins should come in as Portsmouth manager again. We need to move on from these yesterday managers, the managers of the past you know, well, Andy was when, talking about bringing a manager to bring the whole fan base together. Imagine hiring Neil, Nigel Atkins. Yeah, exactly. I think Oof. Jumanji came out after Nigel Atkins was good. So we'll move on from that as well. Neil Lennon, he's not coming in. Tony Poulos, 22 to 1. Let's get some really good football going on, boys. Let's right. get Poulos in. Who can we sign with a long throw, lads? Who can we <laughs> sign that can, you know, long ball, long throw, everything from a set piece? That's what we need right now. It might be the thing that gets Minoga playing constantly because he's got a really great long throw. So maybe Poulis comes in and he's like, right, don't care where you play, Hadji. Just make sure every time the ball goes off for a throw in in the opposition half, you pick the ball up, mate. That's all I care about. Hadji Minoga was starting right back under Tony Poulis. I like it. Frank Lampard at 25 to 1 with Derek Adams. Ian Holloway. I will be so unhappy if Ian Holloway comes in as manager. <laughs> Does anyone oh, actually want Ian Holloway now oh, as manager after the shambles? Was it Grimsby? Where was he even last? To be fair, I will say at Grimsby, there was a lot of um, board and financial stuff in the background. I mean, he gives a good post-match interview. I suppose the guys will be happy. Does it ever this. end well? Does it ever end mutually or in a positive relationship with Holloway? That would be my question. No, but if you want a positive feeling... A manager who connects with the club. Did I support the wrong team, Hugh? <laughs> really ignite the fan base. Phil Parkinson at 25 to 1. We want some exciting, expansive football. Talk to our friends over at the Roker Report because all they can say is positive things about Phil Parkinson at 25 to 1. If we recruit Parkinson or Lambert, I'm going to have to take some time off social media. Like, I don't post about football or I try not to, but. The, my friends who support Sunderland and Ipswich, I'm not quite sure how I'll. How do you block numbers on WhatsApp? I'd have to. I'd have to do a bit of um, a bit of research on that. Can you imagine? Paul Tisdale comes in at 28 to one. That's Oof. an interesting one as well. Austin, really, really well. Ian Everett at 40 to one at Bolton. Again, I think that's a bit of a long shot for us. And just to round off the bottom, Mike Newell. Who? Who? Who is that? N-E-W... I, I genuinely don't know who he is, actually. Do you know who that is, Andy? He's eating something, so I'm just going to try and... Uh, Very professional. Sort of time, yeah. That's that's what that's how we rock it on the PO forecast. <laughs> this is an emergency podcast, people. You've got, you've got to take <laughs> um, it in the state it comes, if I'm honest. Usually, usually, you know, bodies are temple, all that malarkey before recording. With you prep know. as well. Right, boys. Yeah, with prep. <laughs> Just to set the scene a little bit, I've run a marathon. Fuck you very much. Um, so and yeah, then had a massive picnic on a boozy picnic, sending photos, celebrating a. <laughs> leaving. <laughs> to, to be to be fair, I did sit down with. I had my first social event for the last 
uh, what is it, 14th of March, the first social event for about the last four months where I was sat in a park shivering, eating a, in a, eating a picnic, and I did see Jack out just as we opened the first bottle of wine, so it ended pretty well. Anywho, uh, Mike Newell, the, he was at uh, Luton and Grimsby. I know that off the top of my head, if it's the same Mike Newell, which I'm assuming it is. Um, and I don't know where he is at the moment, but he, he was at Grimsby for a year and then went abroad. I don't know where to. Um, it's a bit of a random one in terms of him being thrown into the mix for the Pompey, uh, for the Pompey sort of managerial role. But yeah, he played in the he played in the English leagues for like the nineties and the the very early noughties, I think. Love that. <laughs> Thank you for the update. Didn't have a clue he was, but I love the way that somehow he snuck into the last rankings at sixty six to one. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Somebody's put money on him. That's what's happened. Somebody's gone out there and put, and splashed a bit of cash on him. Boys, is there anyone in particular that we haven't spoke about or that we want to speak about? Because I've gone through the list of people that I had. I've gone through the bookies list. I've read out most of the suggestions that listeners have messaged in which aren't the same. Is there anything we need to cover before we wrap this one up? I think we've mentioned all the names that we have. I think the one thing we will, we, we should do, I think, is have our preferences. We, we will say our preferences. So the top three people who, in your head, are realistic appointments and could improve this club in the long term. We'll assume that, let's say, we'll have a caretaker manager until the end of the season. If in the summer, one of these managers was was offered a long-term contract, let's say they paid the top compensation as well, what are the top three managers that you guys would pick? I'll give mine first in preference. Oh, here we go. He's getting in there first, like that. Uh, Daniel Stendhal's my number one choice, followed by, maybe I think... Russell Martin, second choice, and Lee Bowyer, third choice. Andy, how do you sit in, mate? Do you want these ranked, Freddie, in terms of realism versus preference? Because nope. no, 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 just uh, just what, what what who you would want? No, who okay. you want? Who you'd want? But a little bit of realism here. Yeah, Guardiola's not coming. We're not going like we're not going pet. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I would have sure. I would have said Michael Appleton otherwise. So, um, I think. As I'm sat here wearing a Welsh rugby top, big middle finger to all the England rugby fans listening, um, I will have to. I'd have to open with Chris Coleman as my absolute preference. It's not going to happen. But if we're taking reality out of it, Chris Coleman as absolute preference, uh, Stendhal as second preference, and then third Ryan Lowe. But again, I, I don't think my first or third preference. I don't. I don't think either my third or third preference are likely. But I think Stendhal is the most likely out of the three. Hugh, how about you? I'm going to go Stendhal, Martin, Lowe, with friend of the show, Gary and I'll just following up at the end of that, because, you know, repping you, mate. So uh, that's how we go. That's how we're, that's how we're having it. But yeah, obviously, if we can get some one of those three managers, I will be really happy. A manager that comes in with a clear identity, a manager that comes in with a clear philosophy to the players, this is what we do. Forget what you've heard under Kenny Jacket. Forget all that. I want to see who plays my system best. Who plays exactly football the it, right yeah. way. This is what's going to happen. Let's get a manager in who can inspire the fans, inspire the players. Let's push this on. It's the time now to start again with something good. That's exactly it. I think it's a case of everything that's happened in the last 12 months, empty out of your head. Those playoff defeats, those, you know dreadful long ball tactics at times 
that we have you know commented on time and time again it's a case of being able to get that out of the head early doors and put a stamp on the team and unify the team and unify the fan base and the fan base is weirdly united this afternoon for the first time in a long time in terms of yeah i'm kind of glad that's over kind of regretful happiness which is a weird mix of emotions but like we it needs to be someone who can actually yeah unite the fan base bring someone together and bring that bring a style of football that isn't trying to react to how a league two team that's won one in six lines up and a little bit more positivity and confidence and it, it seemed by, by the end of Jacket's campaign it seems like it was a case of let's do whatever we can to try and grind out a result and build from there and when you're doing that against the League 2 mid-table side, it's time to bring someone in who can come in with a, a fresh idea and a fresh stamp of, you know what, no, we are a League 1 side. We should be a championship side. We are not trying to negate the strengths of a League 2 side. We are putting our foot down against a team who, on paper and on the pitch, should not be as good as us. So, yeah, completely agree there, Hugh. Closing thoughts, Freddie Webb? Um yeah, again, the focus has to be on a long-term picture for me. Um, this season's written off for me. You could do whatever you like, you know. I, I think there's, a, there's a, there could be a potential for this side to get in the playoffs. But... Hello, Freddie. Opening a new can of worms there with your summing up. <sighs> well, again, I, I, I would like a positive change for the manager. We, we, we've got, we still got, even with all the out-of-contract players in the summer, there are still some good players who can fit under a strong attacking passing style of football which would be nice and yeah I, th- I-, I think there are a lot of possibilities that this I can do now and the fact that I, I think Kenny Jack has had the right amount of time he's had four years which is arguably too many he's had the right amount of time and it's time for a change I think and it, I, can, I see it going positively it's time for a change let's give what the fans deserve let's give it what the players deserve Thanks for your time at the club, Kenny. It was, uh, it's been emotional. It's been a roller coaster. You've done your best. Fair play. Hasn't worked out. It's a bit later than we expected to make this change, but you know, everyone does their best. Nice bloke. Not the right man to lead us forward, but cheers. We wish you all the best. You know, maybe take over at Plymouth if we, uh, if we manage to have Ryan Lowe, that'd be great. But until next time, play out Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!